Welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, the mom of 14 homeschooled kids who love the Lord and love each other. I love encouraging young moms, and it's my privilege and my passion to share with you tips and tools to make your journey easier. Today, we're continuing our talk um, about this book that I've read called Addiction Proof Parenting by Mark Shaw. It's got a lot of good information in there. And we left off last week at the mindsets. Mark Shaw talks of five mindsets, proper ones, that we as parents should foster to help our kids put on and contrasting ones, worldly ones, to help our kids put off. The first one he calls humility or entitlement. Entitlement he describes as being preoccupied with pleasing oneself, thinking that he is entitled to certain temporary pleasures and then he will consume those pleasures on himself or herself rather than giving them to help others. It's all about me, 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 me. It's mine, 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 mine. It's thinking too highly of self and too lowly of others. Okay, then he gives some ways that you inadvertently can foster this entitlement attitude. The opposite of that, as I said, is humility. We'll talk about that in a minute. But to foster the entitlement attitude, first of all, make your child believe he's the center of the universe. Give in to his every whim and desire so that he begins to believe the world revolves around him. Again, these are things you don't want to do. Teach your child that the kingdom of God is not all about the king, but it's about your child. The kingdom exists for his pleasure, not for the king to be glorified. And I would say beware of too many activities. I think as homeschoolers, there's so much out there. There's too many things. You've got to limit it. Because if you sign up for all these different activities, you're committed to them. How you spend your time is how you spend your life. So choose an appropriate amount. But don't be over-involved in so many activities to build this super well-rounded child. Because that's says to your child, life is all about me. It's getting me to this practice and that practice and this practice and that practice. And if you get too wrapped up in that, there's not time for others. So beware about that. Fully inform your child of his rights. Don't teach him that most things are privileges. Example, he has a right to drive a car at 16, a new car with insurance paid for, and free to drive wherever he wants, whenever he wants. That didn't happen at our home. At our home, freedom came as a result of responsibility, not age. Our kids had to prove that they were responsible before we granted them freedoms to be able to drive the car or get their license or whatever. He says another way that you you foster an entitlement attitude is to prevent all negative consequences when your child has made a terrible choice. And some parents try to do this. They try to shield them from the negative effects. But kids need to know that their choices have consequences. And they need to suffer those consequences. You know, we early on made a consequence chart. We only correct, we only spanked our kids for direct disobedience. But there were some other things they did. And we wanted to guide them into making wise choices. So we made a consequence chart. And I remember once my daughter, Kel, came up to me and she said, Mom, what's the consequence for, I forget what she said. And I told her, she said, ah, I won't do it then. 
you know, it was working. It was helping her to make a right choice. If I do this, then this is going to happen. It's not worth it. And that was helping her choose wisely. On our website, we've got a sample um, of our consequence chart. If you want to take a look at that, it might help you to be able to set consequence charts for your kids. Another thing he says, do not allow your child to experience negative circumstances from his wrong choices because that might be embarrassing to him or to you. And that's not a worthy goal at all. Focus on your child's character, not on impressing others. And I think sometimes we as parents have this peer pressure on us because people think we're going to mess our kids up because we're homeschooling them. So we feel like we need to impress others. But, you know, the only person we need to care about is the Lord. You know, we need to make sure that we're pleasing God with what we do, with the choices we choose for our children, and don't worry about impressing others. Teach your child that self-worth comes from things of this world rather than a relationship with Christ. Beware of giving them too much materially. I would say, he said, one thing you don't want to do is teach your child that self-worth comes from things of the world rather than a relationship with Christ. That's very wrong. And I think we do need to beware of giving them too much materially. Have them work for money, not just give it to them. Have them save for special purposes. It teaches them a work ethic, and that's so important. They need to learn not to be slothful by having all their wants supplied. <clears throat> we even gave, we rewarded our kids for Bible verses learned, and that worked out really well. Like one of our sons would, would earn raspberry bushes from the verses that he learned, and it was so many verses for a raspberry bush. But have your kids work for special purposes purchases for things that they want. Another thing he says to build an entitlement attitude, which you don't want to do, is feed your child's sense of entitlement by telling him he has a right to things. Allow him to throw temper tantrums when he doesn't receive what ought to belong to him. And I would say that's wrong. Don't make excuses. Oh, he's tired. He's hungry. You know, you can't pitch fits just because you're tired or you're hungry. You need to, as a parent, make sure that they don't get overtired and overhungry. But when they do, it's still not an excuse to let them pitch fits and to be out of control. We need to teach our kids how to act properly when they're tired or hungry. So the opposite, instead of the entitlement attitude, we want to foster humility in our kids. How do we do that? First of all, by recognizing and trusting God's character. Teach your kids the character of God. That's what teaching kids character is all about. And I will give you, as I've done for some other podcasts, a freebie called 45 Character Qualities to Teach Your Children. It gives simple, kid-friendly definitions for all those 45 character qualities and a scripture verse to go along with it so you can teach your kids what obedience is. Like attentiveness is listening with the ears, eyes, and heart. It's putting definitions down on a kid's level so that they can understand what you're talking about. And then a Bible verse to go along with it. So that's a freebie you can access. Number two, seeing yourself as having no right to question or judge God's truth. It's not open to discussion or what you think about it. You don't have to like it. You just have to do it. 
Our guidelines for our kids need to be based on the Bible. To the best of our ability, our rules and our instructions need to be based on the Bible. Our kids don't have to like it. They just have to do it. They have to learn to have an obedient heart and to trust God. Number three, focus on Christ. When teaching character, let them know it is the character of Christ. A great exercise, a great project, when you're reading to the kids in the Gospels, have them point out character that they see in Jesus Christ's life. Have them point out examples. I mean, it's, it's all through there. And that's what we are to need to learn to emulate. But if you read to your kids through the Gospels and have them watch for that character, it's almost like a treasure hunt to point out the character of Jesus Christ. And then that can bring about a discussion as to how you can implement or they can implement that character quality in their life. Number four, biblical praying and a great deal of it. Lead your kids in prayer. Consider having a prayer journal. We did this for a while. When the family has a need, example, a new well. That happened to us once. It cost a great amount of money. We needed a new well or a trip that they want to take. Pray as a family. Witness God's provision and point it out as such. Don't keep all your financial needs from your kids for things like that. Use opportunities to let your kids see God provide. Recognize sometimes he won't give you what you think you need right away. But he always does what's best for us. And record answered prayers. That's why a prayer journal is very helpful. You can refer back to it and see how God answered you in times past. Learn to be overwhelmed with God's undeserved grace and goodness. Point out every time they sin that they can receive God's undeserved grace and goodness. Or when provisions are made in response to prayer, that's God's goodness to us. Talk about God's grace. Memorize verses about it. Number six, being thankful in general towards others. Learn to view every other person as made in the image of God and thereby valuable. Learn to look for the good that you can find in other people and praise that in them. It's so easy to be critical and see only the bad. But we need to point out the good in our kids and in others to train our kids to look for it. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Number seven, be gentle and patient. Learn to treat others as you would like to be treated by them. And that's a good question when your kids are unkind to somebody, for instance. How would you feel if your brother had treated you like that? You know, you can't know what others are going through that might make them prickly. So if somebody offends your kids or are mean to them, teach them to extend grace to that person. Philippians 4, 5 says, let your gentleness be known to all. You might find out that that child's mom is, has cancer or you don't know what situation's going on in their family. So extend grace to them. Number eight, learn to see yourself as no better than others. We're all made in the image of God. Point out that the temptation to not treat some people as better than others, if they're rich or famous or they have an important position. Teach your kids to search out people who look lonely or forgotten and intentionally include others that seem left out. We did this. We had, a, I think it was a 4th of July party, and we were inviting a family that had a son 
who didn't know, he didn't have a relationship with any of our grandkids. He didn't really know them. So we pointed out to our grandkids to include this little boy and make him feel important and wanted. And they were playing football. And I told them, make sure that you include Levi. So they had a huddle, and as you do in football. And when they were huddling, Levi's dad was thinking, oh, no, they're going to talk about how they can you know, take advantage of Levi because he doesn't know this game. But instead, because I had prompted them and told them that they needed to be on the lookout for including Levi, they were discussing ways that they could include him. They would all throw the ball to him, and they would cheer him on, and they would give him points and tips. And on the way home, Levi told his dad, I know how to play football now. And they had made him feel so important and so included and so a part of what they were doing. And that's what we need to teach our kids to do. Teach them to look for people that might feel uncomfortable or that might be shy or that don't have any other friends around and to include them. Bring them into your circle. Hey guys, if you have ever wanted to share a message with others and thought about doing a podcast, I wanted to just recommend Buzzsprout to you. That's who we use. And Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. It's super easy. Um, your show can be online and listed in all the major podcasts like Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, within minutes of finishing your recording. It's worked great for us. Number nine, having an accurate view of your gifts and abilities. Any ability that your child has is God-given. Point out the temptation to be proud, and instead, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We need God's grace. God's grace is the desire and power to do God's will. We need that in our lives. So we need to resist the temptation to be proud. We would not have that talent if it were not given to us by God. So that is a good reason to use it for God's glory. Remember, we need to teach our kids, why are we on this earth? to please God, not ourselves, but to please God. Number 10, be a good listener. It's more important to learn to listen than to be heard. Let me say that again. It's more important to learn to listen than to be heard. Teach your kids how to ask good questions of others, to show interests in others, even if what interests the others isn't especially interesting to them. It's so important to train your kids to ask good questions, to get the other person, to bring them out of themselves and to talk about themselves. Most people like to talk about themselves. So teaching your kids to resist the temptation to talk about themselves, but to draw the other person out. Number 11, teach them to be thankful and grateful toward others. We did what we call letters of gratefulness. Make this a habit. I remember my grandson and my granddaughter wrote letter to a couple who cleaned our church for years. They cleaned our church. They cleaned the bathrooms. And it just so impressed them that young teens would notice and appreciate and care enough to write them a note. That meant so much to them. It's kind of a thankless job to clean the bathrooms at church. But these teens, preteens, young teens, had noticed that and taken the time to sit down and write them a note of gratefulness. Teach your kids to be grateful to the sheriff's department, the fire department, their 
preacher, their neighbor. Um, there's so many people, if you'll just train your kids to look for others that have been beneficial to them, that they can write a letter of gratefulness. It will mean so much to the person, plus it will be training your kids to have a grateful spirit. Number 12, talk about others only if it is good or if it's for their own good. Ephesians 4.29 was a verse that my kids, I had them learn backward and forward. There's one version of that that says, say only what is good and helpful to those you are talking to and what will give them a blessing. And that was our standard. That was our rules. Was what you said good? Was it helpful? Did it give a blessing to the other person? Those are guidelines to evaluate our speech. Words are so powerful, either for good or for bad, and we need to teach our kids to use their words for good. Words are powerful. This study, Words of Wisdom, is one I developed for my young teens to teach them about their words. And I looked up all the kinds of words that there were in Scripture, and I was shocked. There was no one more shocked than me. There must be like a hundred kinds of words, wholesome words, vain words, understanding words, truthful words, sparing words, sound words, bitter words, lying words, malicious words, offensive words, pleasant words, rash words, right words. There's so many words. So I, I looked up the references and I had my kids write what the verse said and an insight learned from that verse. And then to personalize a prayer or either a specific project to implement that in their life. I think if we can teach our kids to get a handle on their words while they're young, God's going to be able to use them mightily in ways that he could not if they did not have a cap on their words. So this study might be able to help you. As there's words, lips, tongue, and mouth are all different kinds of um, words used in the Bible. Soft tongue, smiting tongue, sharp tongue, evil mouth, froward mouth, fruitful mouth, revealing mouth, violent mouth, a wellspring of wisdom mouth. There's so many references in scripture to the use of our words. So you might find that study helpful in dealing with your kids. It might even be good to go through it as a family. Number 13, be gladly submissive and obedient to those in authority. You as the parent sets this example by how you obey the traffic laws, the littering laws, how you cooperate with leaders in the church or bosses in the workplace. Even if you think they're making a mistake or they're not doing things efficiently, we need to learn to be submissive to those in authority over us. And we set the example for our kids. You can't just tell them to be obedient to you, and then you are disobedient to the traffic laws. Number 14, prefer others over yourself. And in this, give your kids projects to help them internalize this. Take them shopping for a child whose parents don't have much money at the time. Let them choose a really nice gift that they might actually like themselves and give it to that other child. Even simple things, you cut the cake, let your brother choose which piece he wants first. Let other children choose what board game to play. Let the, your friend choose who can be George Washington when you're acting out history. But lead your kids in specific projects. They've got to see it in action to internalize that. These are 
you might call them projects in humility. It's projects in putting others first. And it's kind of fun. I mean, it really is fun to train your kids this way when you see them start to get it and say, you know what, I could do this to show them they're more important than me. And boy, I mean, it will pay off so much in their entire life. Number 15, be thankful for reproof or criticism. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6 says, Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And Proverbs 15, 31 says, The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores destruction despises himself. But he who listens to reproof gains wisdom. Teach these verses to your kids. Help them to see that reproof is beneficial. Reproof is helping them to be more like Jesus. It's different than criticism. It's not ungodly criticism. It's life-giving reproof. Help them to be a wise person who accepts that reproof and makes changes to become more like Christ. 16. Help your kids to admit, to be quick to admit when they're wrong. The proud don't want to admit wrongdoing. It's a good practice from, from time to time when the kids are little to ask, what did you do when they do something wrong? Have them name the sin and own it. Then ask forgiveness from the people they wronged and always ask God's forgiveness when they've sinned. But help them to verbalize it. Help them to use the sin that... The, the word that the Bible uses for sin, instead of just, um, I exaggerated, say, I lied. Proverbs 28, 13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. And another one, James 5, 16, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is what we want for our kids, and it's so important to learn to admit when we're wrong. It's so much easier for them to learn it when they're young. And the last one we'll cover today is 17, be genuinely glad for others. Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. A self-focused person is jealous of others' accomplishments. Instead, we need to teach our kids to be glad for the prosperity of others. God is pleased when we focus more on others than ourselves. And it's easier to train this from the time they're little. It's never too late, but it's the earlier, the better. Teach them to be glad for others and happy for others. So the Bible says we should sorrow with those who sorrow and rejoice with those that rejoice. So teach them this from an early age. I hope you found this helpful. We're going to continue this study next week. We're going to be talking about generosity versus a consumer mentality. So join me next week. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.